0: Today we listen in on a conversation between Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, and Samuel Thomas from Message Magazine. Their topic? Gay rights and Christian love. How do we combine those two? How do we demonstrate love for individuals while standing against what we believe to be sin in their lives? This conversation was recorded in the studios of the Three Angels Broadcasting Network. Lincoln Steed and Samuel Thomas. Let's hear what they had to say.
1: Now we were tackling some heavy stuff talking about attitudes toward gays, behavior and a stance that they take on a lifestyle. Then we got on to how this relates to freedom of choice and freedom of dissension within a church community. And I should point out, because I've had a lot of discussion about this gay marriage thing ever since Liberty magazine came out with an entire issue on it. This is one of the reasons I was happy to have you on the program, because the article in that issue that I thought had the most traction in discussing the whole gay rights and gay marriage issue was to question a basic assumption that's now unquestioned to compare gay rights to civil rights, the civil rights movement rather. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's a syllogism. I think they're
2: not the same. Well, they are not the same. But I think the other piece that we need to clarify the proclivity versus practicing. Absolutely. You know, there, there's a distinction. And so when we're talking about gays in, in its true form, our premise is really practicing. There are those who have a proclivity but are not practicing. And that, of course, there is no condemnation in Scripture. We're talking about gay behavior, which the Bible clearly condemns
1: unequivocally right. Right. in the Old and the New Testament. Right. And those the in the Christian community that argue for the acceptance of gay behavior, try to find traction in calls for charity and, and right. understanding. Well, that's fine, but they can't do away with these direct statements condemning homosexual behavior, okay. and in the Old and the New Testaments they were given at a time when it was socially acceptable. Right. You know, those who are inclined to interpret the Bible in a uh, historical context or in a cultural context, cultural. Sure. which is true to a point, but can be misused their point is wrong because you can't say, well, Paul condemned homosexuality because that was just the attitude of his day. No, the attitude of his day was to accept it, not to reject it. So he had to have a higher moral viewpoint. But he was talking about the behavior which God holds us very culpable for what we do, what we act upon. But we're all damaged human beings. We are. And sin gives a bias, Adam's first sin and our inherited behaviors Through our ancestors and our own practice, our own upbringing gives us an easy bias to do the wrong things. Our mind gives rise to that. But we're not condemned until we indulge the thought and act on it. That's correct. And so to me, from a church perspective, proclivity or, or a bias toward a certain immoral behavior, that's between that person and God when they act on it, we can speak against that, we can say that's wrong, that's not following God's uh, mandate. Well,
2: as we can against a thief, a murderer, or an adulterer.
1: Remember, Paul says, enumerating all of these things, he says, some of these you once were. That's correct. Once. A Christian is called to change, but a Christian is not called to condemn the world for all of its behaviors. Those are all automatically condemned as the works of darkness. But a Christian is called to be charitable to the non-believer and to encourage them to come to the light. I think as far as Christians relating to the whole gay movement, we we can't condemn them whatsoever. Right, If they haven't made the profession of Christ, then they have many things in their life that that need to be illuminated by the, the light of God's leading. But within the Christian community, I think we're on dangerous ground if we think that we can enable behavior that is that is condemned well, by the Bible so we need to see again back to this point that we've tried to bring out: Practice and proclivity proclivity We can't condemn people right within or without the church, but the church should not embrace Worldly practices of any type and and, and this whole gay open gay movement is embracing the worst of the world's
2: behavior Well the thing that I want to interject here is that Paul directly communicates to Timothy that he said I want you to know how to behave yourself in the church which is the pillar and ground of of truth well when we're not as sure and when we don't have those established absolutes like truth then we have the challenge of what do we believe well this is acceptable well that's not acceptable but there are some very fixed boundaries in the word of god absolutely and i keep going back to creation i'm hammering that premise because if you have that clear of heterosexual created beings or created beings who are heterosexual, then you have a premise on God's approach to humanity. You start there, and how are they to fill the earth? Through, Through sexual interaction, and of course they could procreate, which does not occur within a homosexual relationship, a practicing, misuse Well, that's
1: a logical argument, but it's not really a theological argument. We're in a brave new world of test tube babies and and artificial insemination. So I think there's an analogy there that underscores the truth. But from the beginning, God has, and I'm inclined to think it's really for man's own good. It's not necessarily that there's a higher morality per se, but God created us. He knows what is good for us and premarital sex, for example, and, mm-hmm. and things like that destroy the human capacity to relate correctly. It brings in jealousy. I mean, there's just many levels of disruption. So God, for our protection, has mandated the marriage arrangement. He's condemned aberrations like homosexuality that d- destroy the whole thing. I think we've got to look at it from that perspective that here, God has laid this down, just like uh, clean and unclean meats. Certainly. Uh, the world has gotten very dismissive of that, but it's sort of obvious if you look at that that the unclean meats most times are scavengers and dangerous creatures well it's given down as a religious prescription but God put it for our protection and the Bible says that over and over I've said before your life and death and here you know choose this do the right thing and you will live I will lay none of the diseases upon you and it's amazing I'm gonna say something that people have been condemned for before but I don't think from a Christian morality point of view you can separate the whole age scourge from the gay movement It's not a punishment of God. That's wrong. You know, the idea that God has inflicted this. But I think it underscores that God's prescriptions have a cause and effect. Certainly. You disobey God, and and in this case, the whole gay community, and it was not 100% confined to them, but they were exposed to a cause and effect penalty. The natural world turned on them. And we need to recognize that. And while we look to salvation beyond, a lot of the benefits of becoming a Christian or a follower of God and, and obeying the divine precepts—a lot of the benefits are here and now. Sure, in peace of mind, in of health, in a more secure social environment.
2: Well, the benefits of serving God always outweigh the cost.
1: There is a, a real negative, and, and, and in religious liberty, we talk about it. it. Also, God says, "All who live a godly life will suffer persecution." All. Because you're in conflict with the contrary viewpoint, the world, for want of a better term, that not only doesn't accept God, but that rejected him and is antagonistic toward him, inspired by Satan. That world will clash with the
2: Christian viewpoint. And it's supposed to. It, Absolutely. It, it, it clash with Christ. Yeah. And so Christ was not in the business of making the world a better place to live and stay. He was making it a tolerable place in the areas where he was teaching principles on how we interact with each right. other. But it was always about serving him to leave here. Right. But the Sermon on the Mount points
1: out that there's some immediate benefits to becoming there a part of God's kingdom. Benefits that will be fulfilled absolutely when the, the eternal kingdom is inaugurated, is, is returned. But the Sermon on the Mount, God said the kingdom of God is here among you. He was bringing it in with its guidelines and its rewards and its obligations immediately.
2: And that's what God wants us to do. I mean, God wants us to to live the kingdom of God in our communities, in our homes, in our respective churches. Let's also mention this fact. The promotion of gay marriage really becomes an attack on marriage. And when it becomes an attack on marriage, it becomes an attack on society. So it's a much bigger issue than than we choose to to want to sometimes embrace.
1: But I should say that, that. From the beginning, I've seen and others have seen a moral issue and and, and a need for Christians to speak with clarity on this, not condemnation, but clarity. But on a religious liberty level, there's a developing dynamic that's more and more problematic where this newfound right, gay right, is being used to restrict and attack the rights of religious expression. Uh, I've said a number of times on this program that in Canada, where the gay movement is more advanced, there's an expectation that we would soon see a restriction of ministers or a requirement of ministers to perform gay marriages, and if they didn't, they would be forbidden to function as ministers. Well, the signs just heard uh, recently that in Saskatchewan they may be actually putting that into practice, but we've expected in Canada this would be. This is a direct attack on the practice of religion. It's not the gay issue per se, but this right is being used against the right of Christian expression.
2: So, how do we stand in these times?
1: These are difficult times, and we need to decide that we will speak as we should speak and take the
2: consequence, in my view. Well, if we're going to take the consequences, we must know the Word of God. And we hope that you will take the time to learn the Word of God. Being a part of liberty is not just a matter of promoting it, but it is also living it and living it in truth. And God's Word is the bedrock of truth. So, we encourage you to take the Word of God seriously. Read it. Study it. Pray, build your relationship with God. And as you do, you'll discover that truth is a wonderful bedrock of comfort and security.
0: Lincoln Steed of Liberty Magazine and Samuel Thomas from Message Magazine sitting at microphones in the studios of the Three Angels Broadcasting Network talking about gay rights and Christian love, how to combine those two together. Christ was a master at it. He did it. He knew how to do it. He led with love. He didn't lead with condemnation. He didn't lead with anger or rejection. He led with love, and that's what we need to do. That's the message, I think, that I just heard from these two gentlemen as they discussed this important topic. Listener, if you'd like to know more about Liberty Magazine, this radio program, and the people that come on this program, you can certainly look that up at libertymagazine.org. Lots of resources waiting there for you. You can read articles from the magazine. You can subscribe to it not only for yourself, but for people in your community. Maybe there are some community leaders who you think would benefit from having a clear understanding of what religious liberty is and how we can combine the rights of everyone with the Christian love that God wants us to implement in every relationship and every crossroads in our lives with all the people we come in contact with. That's at libertymagazine.org. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed and Samuel Thomas inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258, or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today.